Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Welcome back to another edition of Brand Story, Inc. Over the past year, one of the top things, themes among all of our guests, regardless of the market, has been the impact of data-driven approaches to adapting and creating content that engages audiences. Today, I'm excited to go all in on data and how it in and of itself can be content, and I'm pleased to have Davion Ross join us. He's the co-founder and president of DD Sports, of which Shot Tracker is the first product. It's super cool. Check it out at shottracker.com, two Ts. It's sensor-based technology that gives real-time stats and analytics to basketball players, coaches, and fans in practice and in live games. So Shot Tracker, it's got a player sensor that guys and women wear on the uniform. There's a sensor that's actually integrated into the basketball, whether it's Spalding or Wilson or Nike ball, and court sensors that are placed throughout the arena. And these sensors work together, from what I understand, to provide data of the player and the basketball in real time. Uh, Davion's got world-class investor team, including the likes of Magic Johnson, the late David Stern, Verizon, Hearst Ventures, a whole bunch of others. And Shot Tracker is being used by dozens of college basketball programs, including the likes of Michigan State, Kansas, Illinois, Syracuse, to name a few. A little bit more about Davion. He founded Digital Sports Ventures, a sports video syndication platform, which was acquired by Digital Broadcasting Group. Uh, As CEO of Digital Sports Ventures, Ross negotiated the rights to D1 College Sports Video across seven major conferences, which is no small feat. And he set the strategy for the company's portfolio of content and interactive technologies. Uh, His 20-plus years in the tech sector include stints at privately held companies that had him in the R&D sector of the biggest names in telecom and software, including his start in the industry as a software engineer at Sprint. A native of Trinidad and Tobago, West Indies, Ross left Trinidad in 1996 on a full basketball scholarship where he was a four-year starter, team captain for Benedictine College's men's basketball team, and he also earned a Bachelor of Science in Computer Science and later earned his MBA from Mid-America Nazarene University. Uh, He's also an active angel investor with investments in several startup companies, including iVerify, Opendoors, which is making a lot of news, MetaActive, FlowForward, Grab, Robinhood, Klarna, and others. Devin Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's really a pleasure um, to be here. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Well, I mean, it's... I know enough to be dangerous. You and I were talking before we jumped on. I know Jim Delaney, uh, former Big Ten commissioner, just big announcement, came on as advisor to your company. And uh, so I know enough to be dangerous in the college sports world. And when I was reading up on Shot Tracker and thinking about all the pieces of how you had to, you know, get uh, <laughs> a sensor, people to wear a sensor on uniforms and a sensor to basketball and sensors in, in arenas. It made my head hurt. So I'd love to hear the origin story of your of your company, uh, which is doing really well. Yeah, so for sure. How far back do you want to go uh, from it? Wherever it's, you uh, go, man. It's your show. I'm just the host. All right, all right. Well, well you know, I think that, you know, um, wow. It, it, it's, been a, well, it's, been a, it's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, you know, we started the company in 2013. Uh, me and my co-founder, Bruce Yanni. Shout out to Bruce. Um, and, and, you know, it started in Bruce's backyard shooting with his son and him reaching out to me and, and, oh. and saying, Hey man, how did you, how did you track this stuff in college? You know, mm-hmm. and what did you do? And it was crazy to think that, you know, we were still utilizing these manual processes of, 
you know, writing them down, having a bunch of managers do stuff. Mm -hmm. But but the crazy thing about it is when we first started, it was really about, you know, changing the game for the individual player in the backyard. Right. Because mm -hmm. that's where it started. That's where the idea originated. But, you know, slow, as soon as we went through that process, 14 months later, we brought a product to market and it sold out. Um, and like any good entrepreneur, you decide, OK, let's talk to our customers. Why are you using it? Why you like it? Why you don't like it? How mm -hmm. would you use it? You know, like most companies, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, you, you love your product and you come out to it for one purpose. But then people mm -hmm. start utilizing it for all different types of purposes that you didn't even dream yeah. about. And so we started talking to people and, you know, they were using it in a team environment. So it wasn't necessarily a, it was still for statistics, but it was more like, hey, you know, forget when they're in the backyard. I want to know how my team is doing, because at the end of the day, there's so many different drivers that can determine like how you get a bucket and your points per possession, et cetera. So a lot of the coaches that we reached out to were, you know, putting it in practice. But our solution, our first solution wasn't really built to you know, identify multiple people. It was built for the use case of one player, one ball, one mm. hoop. But if mm. you, when you add multiple players, then we don't know who shoot it. And, mm. and that's kind of how we started. And that's what the team environment required. So once we got that feedback and we looked at the market, it was a difference of going B to C versus B to B or, you know, B to S for B to schools, B to conference, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so we decided to make that change. It was a pretty pivotal change for us because, as you can imagine, the technology that we utilized, I mean, we initially was using an IMU on the device and using, you know, Bluetooth, Bluetooth with NG as a communication protocol. Hmm. Um, we had to change that whole dynamic because, you know, Bluetooth just wouldn't work, mm -hmm. you know, if you're outside of 10, 15, 20 feet and, uh, and have like, you know, a stadium full of people. So we ended up pivoting to you know, more of a B2B play where we'd provide you like the stats and in real time for practice and games. And, and that's where we are. So it's been an interesting journey. Um, there's been a lot of challenges along the way, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things where, you know, this is such an old, archaic, you know, traditional mechanism, right? Like mm -hmm. if you think about it, back in 2018 was the first time we led the charter to actually allow technology on the bench. Mm -hmm. I mean, the NFL has been doing that forever, but you know, we had to actually campaign, work with the National Association of Basketball Coaches, work with the NCAA to actually test out tech on the bench. And that was in 2018. Huh. So, you know, just a lot of changes that needed to occur um, for us to get to this point. But we feel very blessed and fortunate that we're here. And, you know, it took the whole village. You know how they say it takes a village? <laughs> you know, we took the entire village, kids included, to get to this point. And I feel very fortunate to be here. Well, we're going to dive in a little bit to data-driven storytelling, uh, but I am a sucker for entrepreneur success stories. Uh, and, and as we mentioned in the intro, you've got dozens and dozens of major college basketball clients. You recently um, closed on a capital fund earlier this year of more than $11 million. You've got the advisory board creds that people dream about with <laughs> Magic Johnson and you know, most recently Big Ten former Big Ten Commissioner Jim Delaney. Um, I'm curious, though, what was that breakthrough moment? What was that, whether it was the coach X who says, I'll give it a try, or that program that's like, we're in on this, or what was the breakthrough moment for you in Shot Tracker's history? Yeah, you know, it's like, man, I don't know if there's, like, I can't think of a, there's, this is such a complicated, um, you know, um, journey that we're on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a breakthrough moment, right? Like mm -hmm. I have breakthrough moments, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, getting 
David, the late David Stern, late great David Stern, who became a close friend on board was like breakthrough in mm-hmm. itself, right? Because mm-hmm. he broke down barriers, you know, getting magic involved was breakthrough. When we figured out how to actually, you know, utilize resonant charging for basketball and what resonant charging, if you don't know, is, I mean, we can't plug a basketball in in our phones, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, most phones have wireless charging, but you actually have to put it on the charger for it to yep. charge, right? Yep. Well, we're able to have that phone hover three to five inches above the charger and still charge. So we had to put that sensor into basketball. Like that was breakthrough. Yeah. You know, the the first time we were part of the RGA Dodgers accelerator and we did the first ever basketball game at the NAIA. Yep. Um, that was breakthrough. When you think about like we have had so many first man, first company to be FCC certified for the resonant charging, first time uh, censored basketball being used in a game. First time, you know, tech was delivered data on the bench in a game in 2018. I mean, sitting with Bill Self and him, like, giving us all the things that he would want mm-hmm. to have in a system when we were getting started. So I, I don't know, like, it's hard for me to say a moment because this yep. is such a calm that there were so many critical things that, you know, that had to happen and so many things that, you know, it, it, by the grace of God, went right, you know, for us yep. to even be here today, that it, it, it's really breakthrough moments, you know? Well, it's, it's it's so funny, right? It's like the big entrepreneur myth. I mean, I've had it. Like, even some of our biggest deals, by the time you get the contracts actually signed, you're like, you're, you're working in good faith sometimes, especially as a startup. You're like, you know, two months into a project and the contract, and you're still like, where's the contract? It's not signed, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> like, it's never that, like, pop the champagne bottle moment it seems like for 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 entrepreneurs that are truly innovating like you are yeah yeah i mean we look we tell people we're on the bleeding edge of this stuff man like i mean i can tell you there's a large phone manufacturer and there's a large a watch manufacturer that failed at Mm -hmm. you know doing i can't call their names Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. due to mdas but they failed at like resonant charging Mm -hmm. and this little old company out of kansas figured it out Mm-hmm. You know, so like there's like so many things that go into like just these whole the, the just the initiative of, of, of just solving problem solving and solving technical problems to meet the business problems and, you know, getting the conferences on board and getting the schools on board and to get them to change the way they're doing things. Um, it's, it's truly a journey, man. It's truly a journey. And it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Well, I, I want to talk about your company's brand story. You alluded to this when we on the first question. And, you know, like any business, um, like any good business, you listen to your customers. And it's amazing how many successful companies started in one area and ended up in, in, in a different area just by doing what you're talking about. I mean, I'm talking to the uh, tomorrow I'm recording with the the head of IBM Content Studios, IBM Originals, a guy named George Hammer. And IBM, right? Like they started as a meat slicing company and now they're like the cloud computer, right? It's like, so I'm curious how the shot, the shot tracker brand story has changed since you started in 2013. How do you talk about it today that's different? You, I want yeah. to go back to what you were saying before and how it's changed. Yeah, no, it's changed. Uh, look, the good news is that we stayed in the analytics stats, statistical realm. Mm-hmm. I think our audience changed. Our audience and our solutions change. I mean, because look, one of the things about brands and 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 this is called brand stories. There's a one of the things about brands is like to some people, you know, if you're a tomato, you will never be salsa. Mm -hmm. And and that's something like from a branding perspective, you have to overcome. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, look, I have close friends of mine 
that um, they come over. They came over to Shot Tracker, and we give them a sensor to put like in their shirt. And there's like, hey, where's my wrist sensor? Like, I'm like, I'm like, bro, that is so 2013, 14. <laughs> We're past that, right? But to some people in their minds, yep. once they actually put you in a bucket, I, I like to say, if you're a tomato, you will never be salsa. That's a and, great line. And, 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 you know, from our perspective, it's a matter of like, it took some time to, to change people's minds and to help people understand we are who we say we are right now. And we're not just about like, you know, tracking in the backyard, you know, we're not just giving you shot attempts, makes and misses. We're giving you, we're letting you know, like, Hey, what's your points per possession when you make, you know, two or three ball reversals. And Mm -hmm. when you have three to five passes and the points per possession, when you do X and when you do Y and, you know, so from our perspective, man, you know, it was definitely challenging and, and, and we had to really do some marketing so that people would even listen because when, you know, when people don't make that distinction for your transition, unless they want salsa, they don't even want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like there was times where we started talking to people and they'd be like, no, we, we don't need that for this. We're, we're doing this. I'm like, well, this is what we actually do. <laughs> so it, it's, it's challenging, right? When mm-hmm. you go out into the market and you change and, mm-hmm. you know, we had so much, you know, um, you know, so many great people on our team from an investor perspective that people knew about us, but they knew about us in the old old regime versus you know who we were today so it took some time for us to do that and now i think people get it i mean we had to like do some really drastic things to showcase people who we are you know we had to like deploy at the then the 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 final four convention Mm -hmm. so people could actually see it and say no no look we just we just actually told you x y and z Mm -hmm. um so we had to do some drastic things to 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 kind of get people off of who we were to who we really are today Well, I mentioned earlier, data-driven insights have become really a backbone of storytelling, right, in 2021. And your product has implications to influence the fan experience by adding value to the broadcast commentary, right, individualized custom real-time review of game stats, and beyond basketball, things like gambling, sports coverage. How do you think about the story implications of what Shot Tracker can do for fans? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, look, I I think about that a lot. Right. Because as you mentioned before, we have so many constituents that could benefit from, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're doing. So I think about that a ton. Um, And I I think about it. One of the big differentiators for us is speed. Um, And people don't think about that. So just to give you some perspective, we can capture data, throw it to the cloud and be back down in 100 milliseconds. For those who don't really have a perspective on that, it takes us about, you know, a few hundred, let's just say three to four hundred milliseconds to blink. So if it's taking you three to 400 milliseconds to blink and then I'm going to the cloud and back down and we've been doing some stuff with Verizon on 5G and Mac, Mm -hmm. that's even cutting that time down to about 40 milliseconds. That -hmm. just gives you perspective of speed. And and the challenge is, is that solutions in the market are like two to eight minutes delayed. So it really changes the dynamic. And if you think about sports, right, sports is not Netflix, right? You're not Mm -hmm. going, you're not, you're not going to Netflix to see, real life sports Mm -hmm. sports is something yeah you know there's a few of us who watch replays on espn classic Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. tape the game and watch it later but most people want to watch it live Mm -hmm. especially with like social media and the integration i mean you can't wait two to eight minutes to get feedback on what's going on Mm -hmm. you need to know in real time so i think that the sub-second nature of our solution just 
it, it, it empowers the broadcasters to give a much more enhanced experience, mm -hmm. and it empowers the end users to to get access to that data in real time so that they can make their own decisions, they can make their own experiences, mm -hmm. um, and we can really enhance the experience in stadium, outside the stadium, on TV. I mean, you name it. When you have the speed and the level of accuracy that we provide, I think it unlocks a whole other level of, of, of fan, fan engagement sorry, and fan interaction. Yeah, my mind goes to like the Twitterverse and, and equipping, you know, Monday morning quarterbacks with the, why the hell are you shooting the three from the corner? We've missed five in a row, you know, but it's, well, I, I love it's, it. <laughs> I love how you talked about you mentioned that. It's funny you mentioned that scenario. Like we were doing some stuff in a Mount West game on Facebook and, you know, it was one of those things where it was one of our first tests a couple of years ago. And what we were trying to do is to see how people engaged. And we created this little bot that would look at the conversation and mm -hmm. then would give insights about the conversation. So it's funny. Somebody typed, um, man, why do they have this dude on the court? <laughs> and literally, boom, we interjected a screenshot of the, the optimal lineups. And when this dude is on the court, they were plus seven, which was the highest. Wow. So now that started changing the conversation because – I mean, what we're doing is we're delivering stuff that the untrained eye can't necessarily see. Yeah, man, I, I love the uh, the plus minus for non-sports fans, right? It's like it's a metric used when a uh, it's an intangible metric, but it's it's a metric that uh, when a player's on, right? Like how how the team is succeeding with that person in the lineup on the court as opposed to being off it. And I'm, you know, as a former basketball player myself, I pride myself. I may not have been a great shooter, but I was a good plus minus guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you did the little things, right? The things that yeah. don't necessarily exactly. show up in the box score, yep. right? You make the extra pass. Yep. You, I mean, and those, those are critical things. And those are things that like those things win games. So, yeah. So how are you guys using content to build your brand, whether it's social media, educational platforms? What, what's your strategy on your brand story? Yeah, so for sure. So, um, you know, and this is something that we adopted when we were trying to make that change from, you know, that, that tomato to salsa mm -hmm. <laughs> in the eyes of, of, of just everyone. Um, our biggest thing was what, what I was driving the team on is like, how can we be the authority as it relates to sports statistics and how it's used. Mm -hmm. So what we started doing is looking at all of our data and writing content, putting out infographics, and really that really helped to grow our social presence. It helped to bring awareness. I mean, the most amazing thing when I knew it was working when, and it was like a year later at the final four, we had all these infographics um, for the last season on what are the things that matters to drive the highest points per possession and mm -hmm. the highest shooting percentage in the game. And we got this email from a, 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 a Division One Power Five university, and they sent us a picture of the old version and say, hey, we use this all the time. Did you guys do an updated version for the new season? <laughs> and that's, that's, where I, that's where I really found out, like, man, this stuff that we're working and us becoming the authority as it relates to stats mm -hmm. um, has become a big deal. And then the other thing that we try to do is we, we it, it's not necessarily us, but we try to just build tools that empower our partners yep. and our partners being media companies, broadcast partners, because what we've seen is that that really helps them to tell better stories to the fans. Mm -hmm. And most times it's powered by us. So, you know, we just try to do our things. We want to be that sports authority, but we also want to be the intel inside, right? We want to be the yeah. ones that are really helping to drive 
you know, brand recognition for our partners. And we're powering that experience because of the speed and the level of data that we're providing. And we're helping to enhance their telecast or enhance their websites, et cetera. Well, I, I know you're doing this in basketball. I got to believe, let me guess here, the number one question that Davion Ross gets at the barbecue, at the backyard barbecue, has to be the following. Dude, you got to do this for football. You got to put the chip in the football because those goal line, those goal line, I, I mean, the, the, I, I'm, I'm a huge college um, football fan and the amount of uh, close plays, right, on first downs and at the goal line. And, and I, the conversation about chipping a football has been going on for decades. And yeah. when I saw that you actually guys had figured out, as you talked about, how to how to get um, the sensor into a basketball, like forget about technology, which in and of itself is unbelievable, but politically to get the manufacturers to be on board, to get the lease to be on board. Like it's overwhelming to think about the hoops that you had to go through. Um, but I, I, I'm curious where you're thinking beyond basketball right now. What, what's yeah, next to you? So the first thing I got to tell you is like, I got flashbacks when you talk about the hoops we had to drum through to get to where we are, to get us. Cause you mm-hmm. know, in, in college, right? Like, everybody uses a different basketball. It's yeah. not like the NBA where yeah. you just go to one provider, right? Yeah. So in college, at any point in time, it could be anywhere between five to seven basketballs. Now, oh. there's a couple consolidations that's happening, yeah. but you had to work with five large entities. So um, I, I appreciate you having an appreciation for that work oh, because head hurts. a lot of people don't even think about that. So thank you. Hmm. Um, in regards to where we're going, I mean, you're right. Like you mentioned, our company name is DD Sports. For a very long period of time, we just went as Shot Tracker, but we had DD Sports, like all of our legal documents and mm-hmm. stuff in the back end is DD Sports, right? So, mm-hmm. so from our perspective, we, um, we, we definitely have aspirations. I, I will tell you, and I can't necessarily put some of this stuff out yet because mm-hmm. I don't want to blow the wad, but I will tell you that we installed um, we're definitely going into football and we've started some installations there and some really big installations. Mm. And we have a lot of stuff on the horizon there with football. Um, for us, uh, basketball is easy. Um, you know, volleyball is easy. Um, although we're not there yet, mainly mm-hmm. because, you know, volleyball utilizes the same infrastructure that basketball right. has. So pretty much, you know, you could turn any court, flip the switch, it's basketball. It's just different measurements. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, but we wanted to do an outside sport because we think it opens up a lot of doors. And as you know, when you think that like college sports, both football and basketball are, mm-hmm. you know, one, two, depending on who you ask, depending on the day, depending yeah. on the criteria, you know, it switches, but mm-hmm. they're, they're one, two. So yeah, football is a big initiative for us and we're excited about that. And we're doing some interesting things there that we'll start telling the market about soon. Well, I, I'm going back to your content and your brand story, right? I mean, you, you said it. I think your your target audiences seem to be coaches, right? And also media executives. Are those the, the primary target audiences that you're using content to try to connect with? Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh I think it's the front offices, whether it be, you know, conferences mm-hmm. or, or, or universities, there's the coaches. Um, you know, and I think it's, you're right. It's media properties and, and more indirectly it's the fan, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we want to do some stuff to let the fans know that this is possible mm-hmm. so that they start demanding it. And, you know, one of the things that we've always also been seeing like lately is that not only just using our content to, uh, power storytelling, but 
making that storytelling part of giving users the opportunity to personalize their um, their video experience. Just like how when my son plays his Xbox and he plays NB2K, he changes the camera angle. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been doing some stuff with Everts to allow people to control the camera angle because they know it where every player is. So if you wanted to, you can use it to, you know, create an ISO cam, mm. you know, follow two yeah. players, follow three players, follow the ball. So we're doing some interesting things here that I think it's, it's, it's very nascent. Um, but I think it's going to be the future because I think the future is personalized. We've seen it in so many different contexts that, I mean, it's inevitable. Yeah. It seems like ESPN, when they blow out like the, the college football playoff championship and they have like every channel dedicated to it. Right. And you can watch commentary from other coaches. You can watch a defense cam. Like it just seems to your point an inevitability, right? It's like, it's, it's follow the gaming, right? That, that entire generation, like your son's been brought up on the yeah. ability to personalize and customize. So, so it's super cool. Um, how do you, are you, since you're an analytics company, right? Are you using analytics internally for yourself on your own content or, or do you plan to do that in terms of how you're measuring what's working for you to be resonant with your audiences that you just mentioned? Yeah, so absolutely. We use analytics in, in multiple ways, just trying to understand the content. And I will tell you that, you know, we have prior to COVID, we were doing a lot of content. We had a lot of like, you know, the team writing mm-hmm. and stuff. We're mm-hmm. just starting back to get back into that. But I think the data really helped us drive like the things that 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 determine content the other places that we really use our analytics is just from a product perspective right understanding what people are looking at in the app how they flow through the app what's their first place to go so we are uh, we we i mean we try to you know we're, we're looking at data a ton mm-hmm. um but we do try to use it in our business too i mean even from a reporting perspective um just understanding like you know, where it's, you know, the financial reporting that's necessary. So, yeah, we're, we're big into the analytics just all across the board. Cool. All right, so home stretch here on the personal side. Morning must. Just uh, this is a segment we do with each guest where we sneak peek into your email inbox or your social media feed to see part of your morning routine, what content you follow and engage with to stay on top of your business game. So yeah, fair question. Um, so I, I I like to see what's going on in sports. I mean, there's several different, whether it's sports techie, whether it's Sportico, mm-hmm. um, you know, so from, from that perspective, I like to stay on top of it um, from the sports ingest. Um, of course, you know, Twitter is a good solution where you can follow people. I mean, I get a lot on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, not only entrepreneurially, but also in the sports realm. Um, you know, I, I like newsletters coming into my inbox, right? Because mm-hmm. I could peruse it, yep. hit the head, the, hit the topics and then pop out to the ones that I want to dive deeper on, you know, just given everything that's going on in our society with, you know, COVID and, mm-hmm. and just like the evolution on like technology and privacy and stuff. I try to stay on top of that. And then another thing that I try to do is like anything that's top of mind that I want to be able to follow and want it pushed to me, like I'll set up some Google alerts. Mm-hmm. And so therefore it comes in my inbox and then I could decide if I want to pop out and see it. So that's kind of my, uh, you know, my, my, my approach, um, try to be a streamlined, you know, I am a engineer, so I have mm-hmm. a, you know, a little bit of a process, you know, <laughs> when I need to, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur too, so I can go off the cuff, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. um, you know, the engineer in me tends to, you know, want to automate and, and streamline everything that I do. Awesome. Well, final question for you, just for fun. Uh, and that, bedside nightstand 
what is in the just for fun reading pile? Just for fun reading pile. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I don't like. I like for me entrepreneurship and sports and tech and solving problems. That that is fun for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily have like, you know, I, I have these uh, things that I read. I mean, when I'm reading just for fun, is I'm reading to my kids or having them read to me. You know. Awesome. So we've been we've been reading these. Uh, <laughs> Um, gosh, what's the name of the books? It's uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. My kids are in first grade, but yep. they're 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 really great readers because um, that's important in our house. So, I mean, most times they're reading to me, and that's you know, so the cool. other thing that we've been reading is like we've been we've been trying to like get through like the kids' Bible stories. So, you know, I try to read that to them at night. So that's if I'm reading for fun, those are the things awesome. like that are not necessarily business related, but I, I am fortunate, man, because um, my business is fun and it's a blessing to be here and uh, I don't take that lightly. So I feel very, very fortunate. Thanks for listening to Brand Story Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.